to another episode of Paranormal, The New Normal. I'm your host, Jeremy, as always, trying to make this world seem a little more normal, but these days, that's a task and a half. But my guest today, oof, my guest, as soon as she sent me her biography, I was like, oh my God, I could have you on for four episodes and not run out of things to talk about. My God. But my guest today is Sunshine E-Star. And she's actually pretty local to me because she works in Salem at this point. And Mm -hmm. as my listeners know, I'm in Gardner, Massachusetts. So we're about an hour and something minutes apart. I don't know exactly how long it takes, depending on traffic. But around there, Sunshine, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's nice to be here tonight with you. I thank you for that because it's definitely nice to have you as a guest with everything you're Every day, my God, I can't even begin to explain what people, to people, what I'm talking about. But why do I want to let you do that? My first question, as always, is what got you into the paranormal, supernatural, spiritual world, whatever you want to call it? Mm, well, in my case, I was born into it, literally. Um, there is a psychic gift that runs in my family, like my mother, her mother her mother's mother, you know, all the way back. And um, it, uh, I guess, really hit me pretty hard. Uh, I was also born in the call, which is uh, when you're born inside of the birth sack. And in the ancient times when Romans would go to battle, they would want to purchase these um, birth sacks, which is like the the, the sack that the baby grows in and all the fluid is contained in, I came out inside of that without it breaking. And that's allegedly a very special thing. Uh, and the Romans, I've heard would, that. Romans would purchase these so they could put them under their helmets to protect themselves in battle. Allegedly, someone who comes in that way has a uh, second sight already. But then I also have my genetics, which play a part in it. My father is pretty darn psychic. He um, works with uh, the angelic realm mostly. And um, and then I guess my astrology, my placements of, of planets in my chart just really created a very psychic person. So I was born into it. And um, when I was about two years old or so, uh, my mother told me this story. So Uh, She told me that I was um, holding my arms up in the air for my grandfather to pick me up. And he had passed away like a couple of days previous. And I was seeing him like flying through the air. And if he wouldn't pick me up, I would start, you know, screaming and crying and kicking on the floor. And um, she was like, oh, my God, you know, this one's seeing a ghost already. So I guess we're off to the races, you know? Uh, So that's like how, that's how I got into this world. Um, You know, the paranormal and from there forward, basically my parents helped me with my gifts. I was never told that ghosts weren't real. I was always uh, very much encouraged to use my gifts. So I think that's different than most people. And I'm really thankful for that. Yes, it is different from most people because most people are like basically shushed about like ghosts and anything like that. Like, oh, that doesn't exist, sweetie. Like, no, it does. You just don't want to admit it because you're super religious and you don't want your kids to believe things you don't. So, right. At least, at least from what people have told me, that's their experiences. I mean, right. I never, I never saw anything growing up. So, I can't really, I can't really comment on it because I never really had anything growing up happen to me. I never saw, I never even, I never, I still to this day have not seen a ghost. Really? Are you kidding me? I've had one speak in my ear in the house I'm in right now. That's good. That's a start. But but I've never seen the spirits that live in my house. And actually, at this moment, we're trying to find someone to get them cleansed out of the house. Oh, that's interesting. I know well, how to do that. <laughs> uh, I was going to talk to you about that off camera, actually, since yeah. you're so close. But yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yes, you were born to it, and 
I was going to bring the call thing up because I haven't talked about it on this show yet, but mm-hmm. I've heard about it in other podcasts and I've read about it in history books and whatnot. Like, it's a fascinating thing. The fact that people want the embryo sac that humans are born in, basically. Right. Most, humans, most humans break out of them when they're born or before that even. But mm-hmm. I mean, isn't, isn't that typically when the water breaks is when the sac breaks? Yes, that's that's exactly right. So. Yeah, allegedly, that's uh, always going to create someone that can see the other side, you know. Um, and yeah. and I think it's neat too because the protection aspect of it as well is really cool because um, I do feel like I'm protected. I've been uh, there's been many times I could have actually died. I did have a near death experience. That's a whole thing. Um, and uh, there's always I've always been able to be okay in very dangerous situations um and uh, i feel like that's kind of like the blessing of being born in the call as well as being able to see the other side to be able to kind of like work with life and death aspects at the same time i think um definitely that gave me a big psychic push and yeah it it is supposed to be like the water breaks the baby comes out and then the birth sack comes out but I came out inside of the sack and they had, you know, had to break me out of it. (laughs) Which, I mean, you're not the only person that that happened. There was, wasn't there someone famous who had that happen? I want to say Ross Putin, but I could be wrong. Oh man, I don't know. (laughs) I should know that. I used to really love reading about Ross Putin. Very interesting fellow. Um, Uh, I mean, I could spend a whole, (laughs) I could spend a whole episode talking about Ross Putin alone, like in the conspiracy surrounding his life. But, oh man, yeah. Well, he probably was a political threat, you know. <laughs> oh, he was he was a threat to a lot of people. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. A uh, very interesting uh, person, though, with his uh, abilities and his uh, charisma. You know, his alleged yeah. charisma and uh, right. his way with the ladies, all of that. <laughs> very funny. Well. According to Wikipedia, Lord Byron, the famous poet, was born in a call. Oh, cool. I can't find the person I'm thinking of. I don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There was, and and Sigmund Freud, but. Oh, there you go. Very deep thinkers. (laughs) Yes. And Jonas Salk, who invented the polio vaccine. So. There you go. And apparently the Barache, but I don't know how deep a thinker he was. He was just flamboyant as hell. But yeah, he was the maybe he was in touch in other ways. No, he was a, he yeah. had musical abilities, right? Oh God, yes, he did. Yeah, he was a musical genius. Some people say. I mean, I don't know enough about him to really say that because I never actually listened to anything he did. But I know about him because of all the jokes made about him. <laughs> yes, uh, mostly that that for me too. I think I've seen him on, you know, like my grandmother's TV when I was a child, you know. <laughs> Probably. I mean, he was a big figure, but but and Andrew Jackson Davis, who was a huge spiritualist figure. I've known that. Ah, but, very interesting. Very interesting. And yes, actually that's true. People Uh, yeah, a lot of mediums are born with their call. As far as, oh, yeah, they have to have the veil sack broken, our seers. Yes, that's true. I read that wrong at first, and I was like, I don't know if I agree with that part, but I, mean, I read it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that is, those are the circumstances that, you know, surrounded my birth. And then my actual birthday is, um, you know, in Pisces. And so that's another sign, you know, that's a Zodiac sign that's very, um, usually has intuitive abilities. I haven't really met a Pisces yet that doesn't have some sort of like um, other sense or, you know, kind of in very strong intuitive nature. Uh, You said Pisces. Yeah, I'm a Gemini. So I'm trying to break through my psychic side, but it's not really happening yet. I so many psychic memes tell me like you have it you just have to figure out how to open that gift and i'm like i can't figure out how to unwrap this one yeah yeah i mean it's it's gonna take a lot of work but i'll get there eventually i hope but anyway 
tell us about any paranormal experience, supernatural experiences you had. And I know you told me one off camera, which I'm dying to hear about, but I'll let you tell it. Yes. I really, really want to talk about something that I never get a chance to talk about because it's so weird and it's in the world of cryptids. Um, you know, I, I kind of like shy away from cryptid stuff usually and alien stuff. And then again, I've had some really strange experiences where I would say I definitely had like an alien encounter, you know, but it wasn't like I met a being, a, a flesh and, and blood person. Um, however, the cryptid world has always been to me like, come on, really? You know, I see spirits and I'm very skeptical about cryptids. I'm skeptical about Bigfoot and I'm mm. skeptical about the Jersey Devil and I'm skeptical about, you know, mermaids. Okay. I must have put that. that I must have uh, put that out there. Most people are skeptical about the Jersey Devil. So yeah, but Yeah, I'm skeptical. <laughs> I, I, I went down there looking around for him. I didn't find him. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm from New York and I mean <laughs> But most, I mean, as much of a, I'm more of a cryptid lover. I got into cryptids before I ever got into mediums and psych, psychics really? and all that. But, but I'm I mean, the opposite. <laughs> well, that's why we're a good combo for a podcast. But <laughs> you know. the Jersey, the Jersey Devil is one of those ones that I was always skeptical about because it sounded like some folklore tale that mothers tell their children at night and stuff. Like it, it never seemed like as realistic as Bigfoot or Dogman or. Mothman, even which Mothman, there you've said it. You've said the thing that I'm so afraid of in this whole world. So, even when I was like, I think I was in about seventh or eighth grade, and I was uh, reading some kind of you know horror book, and it was giving like the story about Mothman and just like how he would rip open the tops of cars and steal people away and I would just get the like heebie-jeebies when I would read about it I'd be like oh my god like I can deal with anything I can deal with Bigfoot I could deal with a, a mermaid with fangs uh give me let me see a leprechaun but oh please don't let me see Mothman ever in my life I used to literally think that to myself and it seems kind of weird that I would be so afraid of it really I mean there's not much I am very afraid of, but this is like the level of like, oh God, you know, I want to just hide under the covers. And so that was the first time I heard about Mothman when I was in about like seventh or eighth grade. And then fast forward till I'm about 20, I would say 27. So about, you know, about like 10 years later, right? Um, I'm working for a company called um, Bellcore that used to be Bell Labs. And um, I have a, a pretty cool job there where I'm using my clairvoyance to work with a, a computer system. Um, my boss was an abnormal psychologist. It was a very fun job. Um, but it would sometimes require me to stay late. Um, uh, yeah. I I got to interrupt. I have to interrupt. Yeah. How does clairvoyance help with a computer which runs completely on logic? <laughs> I'm well, curious to tell. yeah, it it was really it was really a fun job. Um, it was basically I had to come up with in my mind. I had to come up with scenarios that could possibly break the computer system. So I had to think of a scenario that might cause a hiccup in the, in the program itself. And if I could do that, then that would be a bug. So basically I was in quality assurance for this, you know, legacy system. And I would come up with ideas of how it could possibly go wrong. And then I would, write a program to simulate that and then prove it would go wrong or would go right. And that was, that was my job. And it was pretty fun. <laughs> was, was this an insurance company? Just out of curiosity. No, this, um, this is the telecommunications. Um, basically the, 
the whole um, bell system, you know, like uh, it's like the phone company, the old phone oh, company. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. So communications. That makes more sense, and like, yes, okay, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, it's just I'm trying to think of like. I mean, actually, you could, you could probably get a good job at an insurance company, too, trying to think of things that could go wrong with people before they give them insurance. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. But I mean, um, I uh, that job ended because I had my near-death experience. And I when I came back to uh, my job, I really couldn't work with the code anymore. I couldn't read or write the code. So uh. that was fun. <laughs> So the so you could say the matrix beat you finally. I'd say definitely. I was uh I was basically told by my spirit guides go do your job or we're gonna drop another house on you, and I was like oh my god, <laughs> okay. So I think you know I was uh, using my clairvoyance and it was great for me, um, but I think that my spirit guides and everything about me is geared towards. Um, you know, helping people living or dead. So that is what my job is, basically. You know, I read tarot, I do medium work, I get rid of entities and houses that are bothering people, if they're bothering people. Um, all kinds of different things. I can read palms, I can do tea leaf, all kinds of different, you know, ways I can do psychic readings, and I do past I mean life readings. So that's always fun as well. Um, I I actually had you're my third past life regressionist that I've had on the show. Oh, it's uh, so fascinating to me, especially after my near death experience, because I was shown all of the lifetimes that I ever I ever was. So I really got to experience um, what reincarnation is like. I really got to see it and examine other lives I've been and oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was really wild. I mean, I don't wish it on anybody because I, I literally was so comfortable being dead and I was fine with being dead at that point when I heard my name being called and uh, I kind of snapped back into my body and I, I really didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be back. So uh, when, you know, policemen and firemen are pulling rubble off of me, I'm, uh, mad at them like why'd you do that why'd you bring me back i was happy you know well and so step back, <laughs> step back a second of your mind yeah what happened when you almost died like was it actually literally a building collapsing on you like a fire or no it was uh basically a big kind of like woodshed that was outside of my house that had you know been pretty rickety but I was using it for, uh, you know, storing wood to, you yeah. know, I had like a nice fireplace. And so I would go out and get firewood and, and take it back in the house and then make a nice fire. And I just happened to pull out something that was holding it all up and it, it crashed in on top of me, just bam. And mm -hmm. so like, eh, I was sort of like dying in the snow, the snow was underneath me and my body was melting it and the rubble was crushing me. It was pretty crazy. I had like very, a lot of like cracked ribs, little cracks in my spine, uh, injury to my head, to my brain, probably in like the logic division, I would probably guess if I had to. Um, but all in all, what was craziest about that night, I mean, not the craziest thing, but one other crazy thing, is that I walked out of the emergency room, just, you know, cracked ribs, have to go lay down. They didn't even need to, to really watch me. So I had this crazy experience um, while I was uh, underneath and literally thought I died, felt like I died, had a whole experience with the Akashic records, with my own past lives, looking at my karma, understanding my karma getting mad at my karma <laughs> and then accepting my karma let me ask though did you see any higher power possibly when you had nde 
Like I've had other people on here who've had NDEs, and yeah. one of them one of them talked to God for like three days before he, or what he called God, for like right. three days before he went back to his body. I would say that I didn't see. I mean, I saw other higher beings. I definitely did. I saw my own spirit guide. I saw new spirit guides that I was going to be working with. I saw and what I would call angelic forms of beings. I, I can only tell you what they felt like mostly or what I sensed like color wise or feeling wise. Um, but I did not see like a big, you know, old man at the pearly gates or anything <laughs> like that. Well, and no, what a, no, nobody no. dies. See the, 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 the muscular God we all saw in pictures growing up. Like no one I didn't sees see that. that. And I didn't, but I didn't feel, I didn't see God or like, but I felt it. I felt, yeah, I felt, felt incredibly loved. I could hear God in my mind. I could feel it all around me. Um, but I didn't exactly get some sort of extra visitation with no whoever's called god i I got direction i got told what to do but i didn't i didn't have a like a full-on conversation that was like i was having more conversations with my spirit guides about my lifetimes and accepting what i had done or not done in different lifetimes including the present one which yeah i mean most people I talk to who have NDEs and near-death experiences, they don't see God. Like, it's not like you die and you're going to see God. Like, that's not the way it goes. At least from what I've been told. You no, I mean you he, you hear things and you yeah. sense like an overwhelming sense of love and yeah, like someone who's happier there. But it's not your time yet, and they're not going to let you stay there. Like they get that. Like they they tell you, or they let you decide. Like the one mm-hmm. guy I had, they let him decide whether it was his time to go back or not. Oh, that's so cool. That's yeah, so cool. Um, Kellen Fluckager or Fukager. Uh, if, you, cool. if you want, if you want to listen to his episode, it's freaking amazing. Like, it's called "God at the Door" and the Grim Reaper at the, at the poker table. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, he's had, he's, yeah. Had, he's had he's had multiple out of body experiences, and it's pretty like multiple times like he should have died, but something kept him on this earth and it's his ability to be a life coach that kept him on this earth but see there's always a reason there's always a mission that's that's what i've determined it, it does mean, sometimes feel like we're avatars and there's that's the real world and this is not the real world the matrix theory that's, that's i mean it's it's um it may be a theory but i think more than this being real or not real this is real However, I feel like it's more like here on it's Earth, real. we're like a, we're like a tadpole, you know. It's and it's then, real to us. It's real to us. It doesn't mean it's reality. It just means it's real to us. Or we're like, if you think about a tadpole, it only knows, you know, the pond. It doesn't know anything else. It can, yeah. has limited limited sight. And then when it becomes a frog. And it's out on land. You can kind of equate that to the other side, transformation. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, I am a full believer in reincarnation. I'm a full believer in all that, and I believe that we are only meant to experience so much in this life, and then in the next life, we either move on to the next level or we stay in the same level, depending on what we did in our previous life. So, I mean, karma, reincarnation. I believe in all that. Yeah. Well, karma is interesting because it exists, but also doesn't exist, just like time. Like time exists because we measure it with our clock. We know that something happens. It's daylight, then it's nighttime. But it's also some sort of tool to just measure something. And I think that's more what I found out about karma is it, it exists, but it also doesn't exist. Uh, there was a lot of like quantum physics theories being presented to me, I think, over there. Um, just, you know, basically that perspective is everything and that we have to 
come back to earth until we feel we've perfected ourselves, our soul, till we feel like we are as good as we can possibly get. And we make that decision. So it's not necessarily it's not necessarily where God decides to put you because of your karma. It's you yourself saying, Well, you know what? Since I was bad, a bad person last time, you know, this next time I go in to earth, I'm gonna try to be as good as I can be. And that's my plan, you know, and then you try to do that. <laughs> okay, before we get too far though. We're almost, we're almost a half hour in, but I don't think you told us about your Mothman experience. No, no. So let's get back to that because we got distracted. Um, <laughs> but old. yes. It happens. So I was working um, for Belcor, and my job there required me sometimes to stay later at night or to go to different um, different campuses, office campuses. Uh, for different meetings or, you know, whatever. It was very corporate. And yeah. a lot of times I would stay late to do my work because I could think better when there wasn't a whole lot of people around. So sometimes I would just stay a couple hours later than, than other people just working out my work for the next day or, you know, meditating so I could think of my very good ideas. And um, I was leaving there one night um, where I was in a different campus than my normal office. And there were a lot of abandoned office if, complexes if you, in this town. If you don't mind just telling us the city and state just for people. Oh, yeah. It was, um, it was Piscataway, New Jersey. Oh, Pisca okay. Piscataway, New Jersey, Piscataway. which is like, yeah. what the heck, right? Of all places, where, you know, why would a cryptid be there? I don't know, right? So... Um, I was leaving, I was leaving work. And as I said, there was a lot of abandoned or kind of like for lease and empty office campuses that were at least four or five stories high, um, large buildings, very large buildings. And I think I had parked kind of far away because I kept walking and being like, where the heck is my car? Like I started when I left work, I already felt a little disoriented and I was like, hmm, I don't feel so good. I should probably, you know, get something to eat. And I was trying to walk to my car, but I couldn't exactly find my car. And then and then literally, I have to tell you, I smelled something. I felt something. It was like, um, honestly. When I look back on it, I think it was a pheromone, okay? Just this odd smell and this also like very interesting uh, pitch in my ear, like a, a kind of a buzz that would definitely get your attention. And, and there was also a feeling that went with it, which was sort of hypnotic. In fact, I wouldn't say sort of, I would say actually hypnotic. And I felt this these feelings and I thought to myself, what is that? Like, there were a lot of scientists working in that area. So I wouldn't have been surprised if somebody was like working on their invention, you know, somewhere. Um, but I could kept walking, I kept walking closer to the noise and closer and closer to the smell, even though I didn't want to. Like everything in myself was saying, go the other direction, go back in the building. And I just kept moving towards what I would consider danger. And when I got to this corner that was about 500 feet away from me, I looked up because that's where I could feel the, the smell, the sensation, the pheromone, the noise, all of it coming from. And when I looked up, I saw, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this show. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Say, I saw a goddamn Mothman. There was this figure, humanoid figure. You call that figure. a swear? Huh? You call that a swear? <laughs> yeah. Just couldn't believe it. Literally standing on top of one of these office, abandoned office campuses. 
and he had the red eyes. Uh, but this was the Mothman version that seemed to be wearing some sort of outfit as well. Like, I don't know whether it was like pants and like a, like a bomber type jacket. I've seen, I've seen sketches of it and I've been like, that's the Mothman that I saw. Not like the tall, like lanky one. This was more like tall, but also somewhat looking like a bug and a human mixed together. Not sure if what I would interpret as pants might've been the body, you know, but it was definitely like dark browns, beiges. The eyes were like a burgundy, a kind of like a deep burgundy red and, and glowing. And then he also had very like uh, long wings that would go out to each side. And so uh, there he was standing there. Okay. I, I flipped out once I realized what I was seeing. I was like, come on, is that somebody playing a joke? Like that kind of thing. Literally, this thing jumped off of that building, swooped around, and then I don't know where it went, just disappeared, disappeared, gone. So I don't know what it wanted with me. I don't know why it decided not to get closer to me. I also really felt like I was having kind of like a mind wipe at the same time, because after that experience, I found myself back at my car within like two minutes, which I couldn't find my car previous to that experience. So I think the pheromones were kind of like, you know, I don't know if you've ever like watched Bugs Bunny and the food is like a smell yeah. that lures yeah. you somewhere. That's, that's really how I felt. It was like, I couldn't really stop myself from going there. And then to this day, I, I swear to God, if I ever smell that smell again, I'm going to run the other direction. I swear to God. It was, it was, that was my experience. It wasn't terrifying, but to me, it was super terrifying because I've never experienced a cryptid in real life, close up and personal full on exactly what's been described in books. And, and keep in mind, this is like when the internet was new, you know, yeah. there wasn't a lot of information. Mothman was a movie with Richard Gere that didn't really match <laughs> the real stories that I'd read. Um, yeah. And it was in, in storybooks uh, and stuff like urban legend. It was, it was called an urban legend. And um, I, I just, to this day, I still can't believe that that happened to me, that I was that close to what I would call something, you know, living with us, but not living with us. And I well, don't know what it wanted. I don't know what Mothman really wants, but I'm glad, I'm glad well, that experience is over. And when I even talk about it, I get a little freaked out. Well, let me ask you this, cause I've, well, okay. Well, you're my second Mothman experiencer. The other oh, no way. The other was in Bear, Massachusetts, which is not far from where I live. Actually, it's like a half oh my hour god, no, where I live, but it was back in the nineties. <laughs> so, yeah, mine was in the nineties as well. Mine was about oh. nineteen. Mine was about nineteen. Um, I would say nineteen ninety-seven. Oh well, actually, we have a comment, and that kind of makes sense. It's interesting she wrote communications and phones when she saw it. Since so many stories about Mothman involve phones, and that's true. Which brings me to my next question. Oh, yeah. What do you, what do you think Mothman is? Do you believe it's uh, extraterrestrial, an angel that warns of doom, or a demon that is a bringer of doom? Or, I don't know. Or a, just an interdimensional creature who shows up at weird times. I don't. I don't know whether it would be interdimensional or whether this would be like, you know, definitely a. a I mean, I want to say a being, right? It definitely a real. Definitely had consciousness. Definitely, there was sentience there. Um. Well, any of those, any of those uh, options would bring sentience with it. Right. I'm, I'm not sure. Like I don't, I, okay. So I know, I know Mothman's not a ghost. 
Well, let me ask you this. My my last person who saw it, he saw when, who saw it in Bear, Bear Massachusetts when he was a kid or like a teenager. Uh-huh. He inst- he instantly got like a feeling of doom when he saw it. Did you Oh get, yeah. Like, a- I I had this feeling of like um being very drawn and being very repulsed at the same time. It was a weird a very weird smell, like a very earthy um Almost like a say? spicy, earthy smell. I can't really. Would you say sulfury? Not sulfury, not like sulfur. More like sweet, like a very sweet smell. Like, oh, um, our listener wants to know: Was that before or after the house fell on her, on you? Just curious. Before, before, before. Okay, well, there you go, Ashley. And yeah. Anne wants to know if you'll be helping with psychic questions today, which. It's up to you. We didn't plan that ahead of time, and I don't want to impose anything on you. But that's uh, maybe next time. We could. I'll definitely be having sunshine back on at some point to definitely. Yeah, we can always do ta- some tarot polls for people. You know. Ooh, I love a good. <laughs> I've had some tarot. I've had two tarot readings from people on my show, and it's just like it's always so matches what's going on in my life. It's ridiculous. Like. <laughs> I love it's, tarot. I love I tarot. Believe, I I believe in it so fully because everything it always says is like things that are going on in my life. And I like these people don't know me from a hole in the wall. They couldn't pull this stuff ahead of time and make up this stuff ahead of time. Like it's just not possible. It's a uh, metaphysical, paranormal. But you know, the other thing though about Mothman was that again, I don't I don't know what he wanted. He didn't really communicate anything other than well, that he was there and I was like, this is what I'm seeing. So I sort of feel like Mothman might be just sort of like Bigfoot is like, I've never encountered Bigfoot. I've never seen a werewolf. I think I might've seen a vampire one time and it was really freaky. Um, okay. okay. Very you, piqued freaky. My, you, you piqued my freaking curiosity because I've yet to have someone who actually believes in vampires, let alone, let alone thinks they experience one. I don't know if I believe so. I think I, I think I can say I def- All right, so definitely I believe after what I experienced. Um, however, I think these things are so very rare or so very hidden. You know, um, I'm, well, I'm not I mean, sure. I don't know. It's sort of like what, what is a fairy? You know, like I've seen, I've actually encountered a fairy one time in my life, and it was with. A whole group of people, an entire like family plus friends at a picnic, and um, it, it started as a joke where I, they were like sunshine invoked for fairies so we can see them, and uh, I did. I said a little prayer, and I we had put out sugar cubes, and then there was this like beautiful purple orb that looked like it had a creature inside of it, floating up from the ground, and this was again a, a a moment of just like unmistakable like this is weird and i immediately being a skeptic really at heart w- was like oh that's somebody playing a trick on us i thought one of the lady's husbands was playing a trick and i marched up to it and it disappeared poof, like that and uh the children were mad at me because i scared the fairy away so um i think there are creatures that exist Maybe it takes a group consciousness to bring it out. I don't know. I don't know. Like, not really. I don't, really think, a, I don't think it takes a group. I don't think it takes a group consciousness. I think it takes just like the right person, like the right Maybe. person with the right, right connections. Like, like if you're a clairvoyant psychic medium and your family has a history of dealing with fairies and maybe a fairy will come out to you like that's what i think it is maybe it was just like very magical and then and then i ruined it and it was sort of like it was the same kind of feeling i got when i saw mothman and the same kind of feeling with a vampire so i'll tell you my my vampire story because oh, I'm dying to hear it. i mean at the time uh let's see i was probably just just 21 like just 21 and um i had kind of like a fascination in the first place with vampires and i uh at the time anyway i even had little fangs made 
before like you could buy them at you know the stores the way that you can now and uh it, it was interesting because i would live mostly a nocturnal life anyway and then wake up and and um and be awake for most of the night and sleep for most of the day and i was just doing that anyway and um there was a bar that i didn't normally go to but i had a friend that I was waiting for and they were like, we'll just wait at the bar down the street. I was like, eh, it's kind of like what I would call an old man bar, but okay. And I was, hey, I was just old, sitting old there. Man, old man bars are sometimes the most interesting bars you ever go to. Right. But at my age of 21, I wanted, you know, I was kind of like a bar snob. I wanted to be at limelight or I wanted to be, you know, not even in New Jersey drinking at a bar waiting for someone, right? <laughs> sort of like, yeah. It was just like, and this was in, uh, this was in Boundbrook, New Jersey. Okay. So I don't remember the name of the bar, but I just remember being like, this is like an old man bar. And, and it was very dark inside. And there were a lot of interesting characters in there. Um, it definitely had an odd feeling and an odd smell, not like your average <laughs> old man bar. And I hate to say it that way, um, but that's just the way I, I can express it. And um, there was a, a young guy who was surrounded by a big group, like a big entourage. And it seemed like he was kind of trying to show off his money. Um, they were playing, you know, some kind of like gambling on the pool, pool games or something. I, I forget what they were gambling on, but there was like money being exchanged, lots of shots being done, um, lots of laughing, the laughing getting louder and louder. And um, eventually this young guy who was surrounded with this really weird entourage, which sort of looked like a mixture of what I would call cowboys, but I would call them gauchos. I would call them Mexican cowboys or South American cowboys because they were all speaking Spanish and they all kind of were tall, good looking. Um, always weird, weird that I would remember this, but like one of them had a really interesting mustache. I don't know. It was like, you know, it's just like a group of people that, felt like they were walking out of a Quentin Tarantino movie, literally. And what, you, um, what before you go on, uh -huh. what do you call what do you call an interesting mustache? Because <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Yeah, it was an interesting mustache. I was just thinking like it was very like bushy, yeah, like kind of like um I don't know how to just I don't know. It was just a weird thing that I just noticed about like, one of the men. Like, like a unique mustache, like one that yeah like Sam well, Elliott style mustache, like oh, very, okay, like, okay, okay, yeah. like almost like a, a, again, like a cowboy, really, you know. But they seem to be kind of like proud of their mustaches. They play with them. It was just a really weird group. <laughs> and this young guy comes over and he's um, trying to chat me up a little bit and asks to buy me a drink. And I'm like, sure, you can buy me a drink. And I'm like. Like, boy, you're really uh, cleaning up over there, you know, making the money kind of thing. And he's like, well, I'm the boss, so I make the money. I'm like, okay, all right, you're the boss, <laughs> you know, whatever. Just trying to get, you know, past small talk or whatever. And um, he wasn't good looking and he wasn't not good looking. He just wasn't my type in particular, um, which would have been probably tall skinny goth guy would have been more my type at that time you know yeah i mean <laughs> I know. yeah i tried to go goth for a while in high school i just but i was never skinny so <laughs> <laughs> that's just well, the way so, it goes so this guy was like you know he's somebody I definitely would have gone out on a date with definitely would have you know probably not considered myself staying with but it was fine just to just to chat with him again i'm 21 years old i'm young and he was about the same age, or at least he looked that young. And he's like, what, what will you have? I was like, well, I've been drinking red wine. 
and I had my fangs in and he said, Oh, I like your teeth. I said, do you? And he's like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of weird that you're here tonight. And I was like, why would that be weird? And he's like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm 21. He's like, and he looks at me weirdly and I'm like, okay. I'm like, how old are you? And he's like, you know how old I am. And I was like, okay, this is getting very strange. So he said, I switch topics and I go, hey, what do you do? What do you do for a living? He says, I, I own a pig farm in Argentina. And I go, oh, okay. And he said, that's how I've made all of my millions. My, my family's had it for, for years and years. I'm like, okay. It's like, that's why we're always the boss. Again, going back to being the boss. And then this guy was like, kind of going back to his friends. And I was like, well, that was odd. That was a really weird encounter. Again, I was like, well, maybe it was my fangs. Maybe he was weird about my fangs or something. And oh. then, and then the guy with the very weird mustache came over to talk to me. He was getting a drink. And um, he had this way of sort of like looking into middle space and talking at the same time. And, you know, kind of like playing with his glass a little bit. He said something to me to, to the effect of, do you want to make those teeth real? And I was like, what do you mean they are real? You know, just playing. Again, I'm 21. I don't know what the heck's going on here, right? It's just like, haven't been in bars a whole lot, you know? And um, the guy puts his hand on my shoulder and he's like, do you want to make your teeth real tonight? And I said, I, I don't know. He goes, you know what I'm talking about. My boss, he likes you. And we can, we can take care of you. We can make sure that you get, you know, turned into one of us. And I was like, what? And when he smiled, he had fangs. Fangs. Well, I mean, is it possible he's one of those people who just had his teeth grinded down and look like that? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get a look at anybody else. I got, I actually got scared because I felt that they were also getting more and more drunk, more and more sinister in other ways, perhaps. So I was like, I'm getting the heck out of here. So I remember I didn't even meet up with my friend. I just literally was like, I'm going to New York. I can't deal with this. <laughs> so yeah, it was, a, I mean, a, that was a moment in time where I felt actually really freaked out because I didn't notice things. The guy didn't smile that widely that I was talking to. I didn't notice it on the other men, but this one guy, the way he looked at me and then his smile, when I saw the fangs, I was like, oh shit, like this is, this is what vampires are. I don't want to, I don't want to be a vampire pig farmer. I don't want to drink pig's blood. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't know they drink pig's blood. But I, I, I just can, I can only if they, maybe assume it. If, if they, I mean, well, there's there's enough TV shows out there nowadays that prove the point that if you're a vampire and you work in the medical field or know someone in the medical field, you can get human blood pretty easily. But maybe I mean, can you though? But, I mean, can you? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, you're a vampire. You could, according to, according to lore, you can move faster than the eye can see and the cameras can see. So, yes. Yes. I mean, but I, I don't I, know. I mean, that's all lore though. We don't really know. Cause I've yet to talk to a real vampire. I wish, I mean, well, that's... as a, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not you as a man. I would have been like, yo, go for it, go for it, go for it. But like, as a woman, I can understand your hesitation to do anything because women face so many more challenges than men face in public nowadays. I mean, that was scary, yeah. And I was uh, I, mean, I wasn't I wasn't necessary. I was like a little scrappy thing, you know, like I, I could, like I said, born in the call, lots of times, dangerous situations, totally safe, okay, you know, so but, 
But your your clairvoyance didn't give you any feelings about him, like. Any... Oh, they gave me feelings like that's a fucking vampire, and I better get the fuck out of here, because they were like, yeah. yeah, like that's that's what I felt. I was like, what? And 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 um, not only that, but they were trying to get me to like go with them to this very remote place. They were like, we have a place nearby. We can take you there. We'll do the ceremony. It was like this whole thing. And I'm like, See, how, but... could, how could this be that I'm at this old man bar? These are the people who are there. Why are they there? And why does, why does this guy have fangs? I didn't wait around to like check everybody else. I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. See, I mean, yes, I understand why you did that as a female, because as a female, I wouldn't want to be taken to a remote location either. But I've seen too many horror movies that end that way. Yes, but exactly. As a man, I would have been like, "Let's go, let's go, like, <laughs> let's like, you ain't gonna do anything to me, so let's go. Like, either you're gonna turn me to a vampire, or we're gonna get drunk in a remote place. Whatever, right. either way it works. All right. Like, I was either like, way, I don't but... know, I don't know. It was very, yeah. very weird. Like they just, they shouldn't have been there at that time. I don't know why. Again, I don't know why they were there. See. It was weird. It, it seemed like he was, it seemed like the younger guy, if he was younger, was looking for something. You know, maybe it was his vampire queen or something, and I missed my chance, oh. but oh, I don't you know. Might you might have. Maybe. I don't know, but I mean, you also could have avoided a chance if horrible things happened to you, so yeah. on that. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, that's the way I would look at it from now on is that you miss a chance if horrible things happen to you, and that's a good thing. But, <laughs> but it was really but, I mean, interesting to meet what I would, what I could definitely feel like, and I could feel the, the negativity on them as well, too. So it was like very yeah. strong, like, like I would feel in a haunted uh, house, very heavy energy. See, see, I mean, see, I love shows like What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Because, because I my roommate and I, in the, when I used to live in New York, my roommate and I, who now has passed, R.I.P., oh. we used to always be like, yo, if a vampire came up on me and said, like, I want to make you my vampire understudy, I'd be like, we both would be like, yeah, go, 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 go. Like, I want to live forever. I want to be rich in 100 years and not have to worry about anything and just live forever, <laughs> being able to read everything that's been written in the world and, like, just be able to sit at home and watch hours and upon hours of tv without needing sleep and like <laughs> oh th that's just my dream life not needing anything but like a little bit of blood here and there so go to a bar <laughs> find fi find someone bring them home and get their blood whatever but <laughs> like it's just oh like that's the dream that's the dream <laughs> for me since i was like 20 since i was like freaking 15 16 like, well, definitely, you know, I think definitely, if they had been glamorous vampires, it might have been a different story, you know. But oh well, yeah, I mean, if they, if they rolled up, if they rolled up in the Mercedes and like they were like giant depth looking level, then yeah, maybe. But. I don't know. I mean, they they had nice. The guy had a nice car. I mean, it just was like just so weird, just so weird, <sighs> just not I mean, for me. I, I mean, it's a whole different perspective from male to female because male. I ain't worried about shit. If they want to try to do shit to me, they're going to have a whole nother story. But right. <laughs> as right. a female, like, eh, I understand your hesitation and I respect it because I, yeah. I, would be a, I would be the same way if I was a female. But it's just, oh, that's my lifelong dream to live forever. Like, to not, like, to be able to eat whatever I want and not have to worry about repercussions in my health or anything like that. Like, mm. wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I had to have freaking surgery because I couldn't handle that to begin with as a human. But, oh no! Yeah, like, no. yeah, like to handle, like oh, to be a vampire, not to worry about it at all. I, like, I uh, don't want to live forever. Definitely, I, I do. don't want to live forever. Oh, I do. I mean, I, I yeah. feel like I, I feel like, I, at least I want to live forever, but I want to live forever on Earth. <laughs> oh, but if you're a vampire. When they finally go to space, you can get a ticket and you won't die no matter what. No matter what. I know. I know. I mean, you you can get you can get thrown into freaking space and as long as you land somewhere, eventually you'll live. Like Right. <laughs> it's true. How, it's true. I mean it is. like 
it has its, it, it has its perks but i do feel that whole like i would become the melancholy vampire who's like i just want to go now you know because honestly sometimes with you know having had the near-death experience it was such a beautiful place i can't imagine having to stay here uh forever and you know see the rise and fall of what humans do i wouldn't i would not enjoy it <laughs> See, but to just would, kind of like have superpowers, I would understand that. Well, yes. See, if I can get Biz a vampire now at 34, uh-huh. it'd be perfect because perfect age. Yeah. Perfect age because I would just read everything I could. And in a couple of years, when I was supposed to be 38, 39, whatever, I'm going to live to 150. Fuck y'all. But like <laughs> at that point, it's going to be like I'm running for a political office. Oh, and that's true. You could do that as long as nobody finds out your vampire secret. Why would? How would they? I don't know. I mean, by by the time they did, I'd be president. That's my theory. <laughs> by the time they did, I'd be president, and my secret service would protect my secret. That's right. That's right. Okay, that could be. Which, that could be. I mean, eight years as president, and then you get to live with a freaking fat paycheck every year for doing nothing. So. <laughs> I mean, that's just, I mean, if I was a vampire, <laughs> that's what I would do. If there I was a vampire, go. I'd work my way up to a freaking president, write books, write whatever. You have all the time in the world to do nothing. So Yeah, you can you can do whatever you want. True. I mean, I think, you know. I mean, run a, pod, <laughs> run a podcast for you go. 90, for 100 years, and eventually okay. just say you're passing it on to your son who looks exactly like you. Exactly. This is my child. Just change like the color of your hair or something. <laughs> nope, not even. Just Jeremy Bryant Jr. There we go. There <laughs> like, we go. Nobody knows. Then, no, nobody. Nobody's gonna be looking at my birth certificate to see proof. Like <laughs> no. And then it goes to the second, the third, all the way to the exactly. fourth. Yeah, that all, could happen. All, all the way to the sixteenth, or the world ends. Like either way. But <laughs> but all right. That before, could happen. I know our time's coming to a close. Yes. And I don't want to run your time over, but do you have a little bit more time or no? I actually don't because I have someone waiting for yeah. me to get right on the phone with them as soon as I'm off with you. All right. Well, busy girl, busy, busy. I understand that. And I appreciate that because <laughs> I am a busy man myself. I have another show at eight o'clock tonight. But oh, very music, nice. Music. Very nice. Be sure to check it out, people. But it's some artists I never heard of versus, uh, Polka Dot Cadaver versus Search Tinking. But yeah. Um, interesting. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Actually, it's uh, before I freaking think of that. It's, I know his, Avi Kaplan. That's his name. Avi Kaplan. Interesting. Which, which that was the guest choice. So <laughs> we tried cool. to match it as best we could. But I will definitely have Sunshine back on at some point because I didn't even touch. A quarter of the topics I wanted to talk tonight. No, but it's just been a good hour, and I can't complain. So I'm not. Thanks so much. Where, Sunshine, where can they find you if they want to get in touch with you to seek your services? You can uh, contact the shop that I work for in Salem, Massachusetts. It's called Ascend, Get Lifted. You can find me on Facebook under Sunshine E Star, and you can friend me. And you can send messages to me and I can also direct you towards, you know, um, how to get in contact with having an actual reading or session with me if you want. Or if you have any questions or comments that you want to chat with me about, uh, Facebook Messenger is a good place to do that for me. You heard her, folks. Go there. And <laughs> I may have to take the kids to Salem again. I haven't been to Salem since before COVID, but I may have to return again this year just Ooh. to... Just to go see sunshine. I might have to do it just to see her. It's whipping and, up. It's whipping up into a season. It's very, very busy here. So I'm busy sure. already. And it's just the beginning of October. So I can't imagine what it's going to be I like may... by actual Halloween. Yeah, I may have to wait till November. Just saying. I don't Probably know. November. Then you can actually, we could actually talk. <laughs> yeah. Um. But for all my guests, you know where you can find me. And 
I am going to make a pre-recorded thing pretty soon with everywhere you can find me because I'm sick of saying it every episode. Just saying. <laughs> it's a lot of places and it's just easier to make something pre-recorded and put it at the end because <laughs> I don't think people listen that far in any way. But... Oh, they sure do, I bet. Oh, they do, but I mean, they know where they can find me. I'm on everything. Just search Paranormal Normal or Juggalo Bastard or Jeremy Bryant and you'll find me. But Thank you, Sunshine, for coming on. It's been an absolute Thank pleasure you. talking to you. We literally talked about three things the whole show. That's how awesome this show has been. <laughs> Normally, I go through like five different fields with someone like you at least, but geez, it's just been that good a show. Oh my well, God. Mothman, like cryptids are something that fascinate me, and I'm always like, I, I, I just couldn't believe right. what I saw, what I felt. It was crazy. So. Thanks for letting audience. me get to talk about that for once. My pleasure. And I made that I made that sunshine on like five times in the next year or something like that, just to <laughs> fully get through everything she does. But we'll see what happens and hopefully she and she'll be back on at some point, I'm sure, five times. Maybe, maybe. I'm maybe. saying peace. No. <laughs> no. I was gonna say, I was gonna say five times I'm not pushing my luck, but thank you, Sunshine. <laughs> and thank you to all my listeners and watchers. I will catch you tomorrow with another paranormal interview, I think. If not, I'll see you next week.